Hello, pillars. This is Quest here, Hawkins. Welcome back to our podcast. I am very grateful to God for giving us a chance to be with you once again. A very special thank you to you, wherever you are, for taking the time to listen to us. I truly believe that God is building this generation to be pillars in his kingdom. For the Bible says in Psalm 144 verse 12, May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars built to beautify a palace. Revelation 3 verse 12 says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. On him I will write the name of our God. Again, welcome. We have a very special, special topic for you today. Give me the next 10, 15 minutes of your time. And I hope that that moment you spend with me on this podcast is a blessing to you. The topic is God needs you. If you look around in many churches, the youth ministry is probably the most neglected ministry in the church. The youth pastor doesn't really have a voice in the board meeting. Everything is decided for him. The only decision that he really has or some of the decisions that he has is really around the youth, but nothing else as far as the church is concerned. If there is a need for a budget cut in the church, the youth budget or programs will be the first to go. That is if they even have a budget. The youth pastor's office, if you look at it, is probably the low storage room if he even has uh, an, an office. So basically, it seems like the youth pastor's job is just to keep the young people busy enough so they don't complain to their parents about church be being boring. When I look in the Bible, however, I see that God has used many youth or young adults for his glory or for the advancement of his kingdom. The young people are leaving the church at an alarming rate. They come, they try it, they decide it's not for them, so they leave. Especially in the time that we are living right now with social media, video games, you can play game, games online with your friends, hanging out. Those things are more appealing to the youth of our generation. Let's tackle some questions together and see and how or what's causing that problem. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will aid us in discovering some answers, some solution. First question I want to tackle with you. Why are the young people not involved in the church as much or involved in the church more? We think church is boring. You sit in one place for one hour, for, for many hours, singing and praying, listening to a 40, 45 minute sermon. We think Christianity is an old person's uh, religion. The pastor is in his 40s, 50s, or 60s. Or the pastor has had all his fun in the world when he was younger. And now he's taking life seriously with God. So we think we have time before we can get serious about God. We think the church is not our responsibility. But it is our parents' responsibility. It is the pastor's responsibility. After all, they are the ones forcing us to come to church. In other cases, many of the youth just don't really believe in the gospel or in God, period, right? It is just a, probably a made-up religion. We don't force ourselves to live a righteous life because we know we are not the ones going up there on the pulpit, presiding, preaching, or whatever that we have to do. And it's more appealing to sit on the back since you don't know that you don't have to do anything on a Sunday morning. You don't have to minister. So it's more fun to stay in the back and not do anything because you're more worried about your personal life. So you're more worried about going out and do the things that if you were involved in the church, you would not have been able to do. On the other hand, the adults, parents, deacon, pastors have some conceptions about the youth 
which hinders the youth involvement as well. If we are honest with ourselves, some of them are true. What are some of the bad conceptions that people have of us as youth? They think we are lazy. They think we are inexperienced. They think we are unreliable. They think that we are inconsistent. We start something today, tomorrow they're looking for us and we are gone. They think we are carnal, nothing spiritual about us. They think we are committing all sorts of sins. They don't think that we are mature enough and so on and so forth. And some of these things are true. They put a stigma on the young people that we ourselves, we provide them with the evidence to prove that they are right about what they think of us. Third question. So all these things, all, all, all that conception, all the, that stigma that's on the youth. So whenever there's actually one young person or uh, the young people want to do, want to be more involved in, in the church, we, we are not afforded the, the opportunity to do anything because not only that they have the bad conceptions of it, we don't look like we are interested in doing anything. So basically they are treating us as kids that just come you know to church with their parents just to spend some time but they don't really take us seriously in the church as an entity that can advance the kingdom of god third question how does god really feel about the youth and what do you think he expects of us the youth ministry is probably the most neglected ministry in the church the irony is the pastors preaching every sunday about people who would have been in the youth ministry if they were alive today. If you look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah was in the womb when God called him. If you look at Samuel, Samuel was a young boy when he heard the voice of God calling Samuel, Samuel, and he, he ran to Eli. If you look at Joseph, Joseph was about 17 when he was sold by his brothers into slavery. And he was around 30 years old when he was presented for the first time before Pharaoh. And uh, right after that was placed as second in command over the whole nation of Egypt. If you look at Daniel, Daniel was 17 years old when he interpreted the king's first dream. 14 when he, when he, left, when he left Israel to go to Babylon in, in captivity. And 17 when he first interpreted the king's dream. After that, he was placed as a ruler over the entire province of Babylon and made ruler over all the other wise men. David was, a, was just a little boy, maybe 17 years old, when he, he stood before Goliath. So does God really need the young people in for what? Let's look at some scripture to find out if God really needs the young people. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 7 says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. Jeremiah, stop your excuses. Don't say you are a youth. But for, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So God was not taking Jeremiah's excuse to say I'm a youth. So God was not looking at Jeremiah as a youth, but he wants to send him in whatever he asked Jeremiah to say, whatever he asked Jeremiah, to, he commands Jeremiah to say, that's what he has to say. So God called a youth to send to his people. So God is looking for the young people to send out to do the work for his kingdom. Let's look at somebody else. First Samuel 17 verse 42. When the Philistine looked about, they're talking about Goliath. When he looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. 
So the Philistines say to David, am I a dog that should come to me with sticks? So this is David here as the Philistine Goliath saw him as a youth, as a baby, for him to be a warrior and to send a baby to him to fight and defend Israel. So God is looking for the young people to defend his kingdom. God didn't see David as too young for God to use him. If you look at another scripture, Daniel chapter 2, verse 47 and 48. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. So basically, after Daniel interpreted the dream, God used Daniel to interpret the dream for the king the king declared that surely that your God is the real God. God is looking for the young people to make the, his name known to the world. If you look in 1 Samuel chapter 3, what does it say? It says, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. I just gave you Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 to 4. While the word of God was rare at, around that time, God calls someone so he can speak to him, so he can send him to speak to the nation. And guess what? That person was Samuel, which was a young boy at the time. God calls him not only for him to be a prophet, but he also calls him to bring worship to him in the temple. So God is looking for the young people to worship him. The funny thing is, there are pastors neglecting the young people, discarding them, yet they are using the young people as examples in their sermons. They're not paying attention to see, okay, you know what? These are young people that God was using around that time in the Bible. So why cannot use, why cannot put to use the young people that I have in my church? God values the young people so much that there is a warning. If you look in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9, it says, Rejoice, O young men, in your youth, and let your heart cheer, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. So it's a warning there in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, to say, okay, go ahead and have fun with your life, but God will ask you for, and God will bring you into judgment for the things that you do during your youth. So which means that God is expecting us to use our youth for his kingdom, to do good things for his kingdom. So God used a young person to sin as a prophet. God used a, a young person to defend his kingdom in front of a giant. God used a young person like Joseph to deliver or to save his people, a whole nation that was about to die of hunger. God used Daniel to make a king know that the God that he serves is the real God. And God used a young person that he called into to be a minister before him, to be a priest before him to worship. So how do we change the perception that people have about us? First Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Don't let anyone... But set an example. Don't let anyone but set an example. The reverse would say, anyone will look down on you because you are not an example. Anyone will look down on you because you are not a, an example. The way we can change the perception of the church about us or our parents about us is in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Your words have to be edifying and clothed with grace, positivity, and encouraging. 
Are you the kind of person, if your friends are in trouble, they need encouragement, they will call you? Or are you the kind of person, your friend has to constantly remind you that their parents are home or are around so you don't curse? Your conduct has to be aligned with the gospel. I hope that you are old enough to know the difference with when, when you are behaving badly and when you are acting right. Love. Love and love some more. Love beyond what's expected of you. Go and do the extra things. Show some love. Go the extra mile that no one else would. Give your friends a ride. Help help, help them with their homework. Share your food or money with them. Give them a pair of shoes if you have plenty. Keep yourself pure from the things that you watch, the things that you do, the words you say, and the things that you, you listen to. I always say if you are doing something or watching something or listening to something, if you can't raise your hand and say hallelujah and say praise the Lord, then that thing may not be the purest thing for you be an example be an example mean to lead an example is something for someone else to replicate it is something for someone else to follow when you take the initiative to lead something young or not if it's successful people will respect you even if it fails people will still respect you for your courage for trying you yourself will get over the fear of having to try for the very first time on top of that, you gain some experience by trying, by leading. Thomas Edison said in his attempt to invent the light bulb, he says, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that it won't work. So don't be afraid to try to lead. So in your conduct, in your speech, conducting yourself the right way by staying out of trouble, you are gaining the respect of the elders. You are gaining the respect of your parents. You are gaining the respect of your pastor. So that way, when you approach them about leading, about doing something in the church, they won't look at you. They won't have that stigma about you looking at you as if you, you know, you're just a young person. You don't know. You're immature. You don't know what you're doing. You are, you, you are inexperienced. Uh, you are carnal. All the stigma, all the things that they have about young people in the church. Are you interested? in changing the stigma about you? Are you interested in changing the way your pastors, your parents see you? If you are interested in doing those things, you have to lead. So what's stopping you right now? One of the, verse that, one of the verses that I like very much in, in the Bible, it's a piece of wisdom that I enjoy very much in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. It says that he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Basically, it's saying, don't wait for the perfect opportunity to start doing something. If you're watching the wind or if you're watching the cloud, you will never start doing anything. If you wait for the perfect opportunity to come or to do something, when that opportunity does come, it's already too late. So start and start right now. Lead or set an example or be an example or start changing the stigma that the, the adults have about you as a young person right now. The first, the next decision that you make or when you tell your parents that you're about to do something you're about to be somewhere go and do that thing that way they will you will earn their respect all right pillars our topic for the day was young people god needs you we talked with this we discussed four different questions why are, why are the young people not involved in the church as much what are some of bad conceptions that people have about us how does god really feel about the youth and what do, what do you think he expects of you? And the challenge question for you is, how do you change the perception yourself about your youth? 
I have some application questions for you to ponder during the week. The very first question I want to ask you is, what are some areas in your life where you feel your pastor, your parents, siblings, family don't take you seriously? Second question, take an honest evaluation of yourself. Why exactly do you think they don't take you seriously? Why exactly do you think they don't take you seriously? Third question, what and how do you plan on earning their trust or their respect? What and how do you plan on earning their trust or their respect? Fourth question, where do you feel you can provide some leadership and where you can be an example in your family or in the church or with your friends? Where do you feel you can provide some leadership and where do you think you can be an example in your family, in church or with your friends? Those are the application questions that I have for you for this week. Please think about them and hopefully these words have been a blessing to you. All right, Pilas, thank you once again. This is Quest here with our POZ podcast, Pilas Zion podcast. Have a wonderful week. See you soon. God bless you. Love you. Bye.